welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we'll be talking about wagers and bets in games. I'm one of your hosts, Kitty. And I'm Chris. And today, we're going to talk about games that focus on making wagers or bets to win. In other words, it's not how well you do, it's how well you're able to predict what will happen. What is it about these games that make them different, and why are they so much harder than just trying to win in a more traditional fashion? But first, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gift of Games in Grace Lake. Huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Hello, Kitty, we don't have a Fletcher. We're we're missing a Fletcher. What? We're missing a gravelly tone and seriousness this week. (laughs) Seriousness. A little bit of a gruff (laughs) on the side. Um, he could have joined us on Zoom had he gone to tabletopgametalk.com slash live and, you know, Monday nights, 8.30, but he didn't. Um, he well, could... To be fair, I think he's dying, so. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he could at least be on our Discord, which he's not, but if you wanted to be, you could find the Discord link in our show notes. Um, and he could be playing games with us on BGA, which I don't think he is. Is he in the Look at the Stars tournament? He might be. I think I made him do that one. Um, if he was, he's probably not anymore. Is everyone losing? Unless he did a lot better than me. <laughs> I I messed up on the tournament settings, I think. And I set things to be less time than I anticipated by about a third. Um, I think each game was lasting three days and I meant for it to last nine. So, yeah. That wasn't my problem. My problem was just that I did poorly. None I, of my games timed out. I, I I lost them fair and square. Fair and square. I, I can't talk. Couple games timeout, and I think. Oh, I really want to. So there was one game that I think it was uh, Steve Courtney and I were in, and it timed out just before the last move was completed. And Courtney would have probably, and she's smiling at me right now, would have probably won, but she came in second. Because we were tied and there was like the last move hadn't played yet and just just edged her out because of a technicality. Sorry, Courtney, you get the uh, moral win on that one. But yeah, I am happy to say that this particular game is fun a few times. And once we're done with the tournament, I'll be done with this particular game. Because it's just the, the scores are always so close. So I'm just like, it's fun to play. But there are other more interesting games. Are you in the in that camp, or do you like? No, I still love it. And it's still great. Um, I like it. It's really fun. I like to play just for fun because I I want to see all of the random scorecards come up. I still don't know that I like even playing through this tournament. All that it, every time something is a little bit different about the game, which I enjoy. And I just like the puzzliness of it, but I don't ever want to play in a tournament of it ever again because <laughs> it made me feel bad about myself, as all of our tournaments do. Because no matter what it is, once I get into a tournament, I get worse. <laughs> you all get better. I get worse. I don't know. I lose every single tournament bad. I, th- I think you do it to make our listeners feel good. <clears throat> I wish. I wish I was trying to lose. I would do well, that for I, our listeners. Not really. I have a very strong do not throw games philosophy that was instilled by my mother. Um, I try not to be too um, bandit and obstacle course-esque. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should watch more Bluey. Um, where I will not cheat to win against my children, but um, I don't let them win. 
You will not let them win. I <laughs> I think I'm a little bit nicer at this particular age. Sometimes I I still do. I'm still a DM at heart. So if they're going to win fair and square, great. If it's going to be close, fine. If it doesn't, if it looks like they're not having fun, then I may modify my play style. So that's where I'm currently at with my. Do you let your kids win or not? It's like meh. Probably not let them win, but I also don't want them to like not enjoy what they're doing. Also, they need to learn how to lose. They need to learn how to lose. And it's better if they throw fits when you're the winner and you can coach them through the correct behavior and help them through that. And if they do it to a friend at school because it's the first time they lost and they throw a big fit at school, that's embarrassing for them. (laughs) Yeah. I want them to avoid that. Well, you are doing a great job. No, you're not. You're actually a very Aww. sore loser. You're a terrible Thanks. loser. Um, I don't think I'm as bad as I used to be. No, you're not as bad as you used to be. But I am glad you're still playing because Fletcher's like, eh, I don't get that game. I don't even want to be a part of it. Um, <laughs> but see, and that's what I want to not teach my kids as well. So I want my kids to not be like you and not be like Fletcher. And I really I don't, don't want, want my to be kids like to be like either. I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to be themselves. Just be the best you can be. Um, speaking of being the best you can be, though, TGTCon 2 is live and registration is open and game registration is open and game submissions are open. Um, all of that's good to go. And I keep forgetting the date, but I'm pretty sure it's like February 17th. Um, there is a link in the that show sounds right. notes. And it tells me, yes, the convention starts Friday, February 17th at 6 p.m. Central Time and runs for 30 straight hours. So our international listeners, I'm doing this for you, which means if you are outside of, you know, our happy little four time zone region, then you must play games in the middle of our night. Otherwise, I will never have an all night game session again. And I think I'm going to be awake for most of it. There'll be like six hours that I sleep, but I think I'll be awake for for most of it in playing games. I still haven't decided if I'm playing anything but Great Western Trail. Um, I don't know. Did I say last week that my goal is to play 50 games of Great Western Trail this year? I think I can do it. I, I don't know if you said that. Well, I am saying it also, now. Also, I'm looking at my... Oh, I just don't know how to read a schedule. I'm like, why do I have an overlap? I don't. No. I need to add I more did, games, though. You do need to add more game. I did make it so that you can register for multiple games at once. So there's no blocking there, uh, mostly because I'm rounding up on the times. But the intent is all games are played in real time, although they will be set up as if they were turn based so that you're you're not stuck with a three minute time or anything like that. Um, but the idea is, you will so for those who weren't in part of TGTCon 1, um, there will be a Discord channel for each game. Uh, you join it on BGA at the set time. You join the voice channel on Discord. You can do video if you want to. And you chat, you hang out, you play your game like you were playing it in person, except it's, you know, in BGA. Uh, you don't need to be good at the game. You don't even know how to, p- don't even have to know how to play the game. Although it's probably going to be a little bit more fun if you have at least a, you know, foundation of understanding. But the nice thing about BGA is you don't have to know the rules and it's not going to let you break them. Um, but yeah, it's easy. It's relaxed. It's, you know, don't be afraid. I have some friends that are literally like, well, I don't really go on your Discord because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm afraid of your listeners. I'm like, don't be afraid of them. They're fine. <laughs> Most of them are nice. Courtney's not, but she's just cutthroat. Um, you know, and watch out for <laughs> Sully because uh, that guy. But um, 
but no, it's uh, it is about as friendly as an environment as you could possibly play in, and I enjoy every single game I've played. Um, who was I talking to the other day? Oh, I think I was talking to some coworkers, and they were talking about um, whether or not to like to put your name out on the internet or not. And I'm like, ah, I don't really care. I'm like my listeners, I haven't found anyone who's like trollish. So, and if you are the listener that you're like listening right now, I was like, wait a minute, I can be a troll to Chris. Don't, don't do that. I am saying that all my listeners are amazing. Keep being amazing listeners. End of story. But in other words, um, teach TCON to sign up, play some games. If you don't see a game that you want to play, start one. You will get people to join you. Speaking of games, how was that Viticulture game that Sydney started with us? I'm really sad that that <laughs> silence just got truncated. <sighs> because I meant it. I meant that silence with every fiber of my being. Because Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. And this is something I've talked about on the podcast before. I love Sydney and I love playing games with her most of the time. But occasionally, she loves to race through games. She just like, I am like, I like to take my time, like to slow down, like to build my engine and watch it blossom. And um, Sydney doesn't let me do that ever. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to give her a complex. I had like, like, please don't talk about viticulture. I had viticulture. like one point. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was fun. It was still a fun game. Also, I probably would have been better if I didn't get the stomach flu in the worst way possible halfway through the game and like completely lose the thread of what I was trying to do. But I was like, I need to keep taking turns. (laughs) All right. So to bring the listeners up to speed on this, um, Sydney has finally decided that she likes BGA and now she's as addicted as she can get to an online gaming platform. (laughs) And she likes the heavier stuff. Like right now she's playing two games of great Western trail, Viticulture, um, Teotihuacan, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's talking about starting a feast for Odin. Like she likes the heavy, heavy stuff. And I think she did start a feast for Odin, I unless she, she already did. finished the one I saw her post. <laughs> <laughs> and and so then I showed her how to post on BGA. I'm like, you know, you can play with the listeners, and that's what she was talking about. How she was intimidated. I'm like, no, 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 just post. They'll, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And so we played a game with Kitty of Great Western Trail, and Kitty did not do well against the two of us, which was admittedly unfair but we discussed um, i i don't know how to play the game and you guys exactly. play all the time 100 percent. yeah so I, and so i'm not upset about it right so sydney's like I, well i was what upset if- about my performance not about the situation well and then it came down to sydney's like okay so she didn't you know it wasn't fair doing great western trail that's fine you know do you think she would want to play a game of viticulture i'm like yeah she loves viticulture and she loves it at three Absolutely. so it'd be perfect so she's mm-hmm. like, okay. And she creates this game of viticulture. And then she proceeds to have the luckiest streak of drawing the exact right card mm-hmm. she needs. Viticulture, for who, those who have not played, is a worker placement game. It usually goes and ends between seven and nine rounds. Your goal is to get to 20 points. Mm-hmm. Sydney got to 21 points on turn five, and round five. Yeah, I've never seen somebody... Yeah, get it that fast. Even if I had a complete another round, I don't think I would have made it to twenty points. Mm-mm. The scores ended with Sydney at twenty one, me at fourteen, and that was you know because I had a, a good card that allowed me to get a bunch of points, um, but I still wouldn't have been able to get over twenty even on the next round. And Kitty ended with three. It 
never occurred to me that it was going to end. So I could have scored some more points if I had tried, but like it didn't make sense. When does the game end in turn five? The game should have ended four or five turns later. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I've, I, and like I was feeling good about where I was until I noticed, like, and it wasn't. It happened in like one turn. She was like a little bit ahead for most of the game. And I was like, this is fine. I can catch up. This is fine. You know, I'm building my engine. Once I get this going, it'll be great. Nope. Nope. Yeah. She scored 11 points in that last (laughs) turn, I think, somewhere around that. And and she's like, I wasn't expecting to end the game, but the card, so she had just bought a cottage, which allowed her to draw an extra blue card. And the two blue cards that she drew allowed her to get the points to put her over 20. And yeah, I was. It just happens. Sometimes you get lucky and it's fun. I just thought it was funny that it happened to Sydney because I do accuse her of racing through (laughs) games. (laughs) Yep. And she does love racing through the games. She's like, I got a really good mama and papa combination. And then I drew the exact two vines that gave me, you know, a perfect seven field. So she sold her other two fields and then just she and then she had like wine orders that were exactly what she needed. And. Drew the exact right cars, and I'm just like, all right. Had the sellers, had the buildings, yep. yep. But that is Whereas actually- I'm over there with all of the one and two value vines. Yeah. <laughs> Struggling to make it work. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that's fun about Viticulture, though. When you're playing on a casual level and you're not playing it all the time, oh, yeah. is the randomness of it, right? Because it, it allows you to be able to win even if someone else is much better than you, you still have a chance of drawing the cards you need. And not all Euro games are like that. You know, a lot of Euro games are very much, if you know the strategy, you're always going to beat the person who doesn't. Um, And, you know, she just drew everything she needed. And again, I don't think she'll ever pull that off again. Oh, absolutely. And it's one of those situations where like, I'm not like, well, I'm not going to play Viticulture with Sydney again. (laughs) It's like, no, I'm like, Okay, you got too lucky that time. Start it again immediately, because I want a fair chance this time. Nope. <laughs> I want to be the one who gets lucky. <laughs> exactly. And we may end up doing that. Maybe we'll just do it. Do I'm happy to do it. Right. I do not want you to think that I'm like, oh, I'm so salty. Sydney <laughs> beat me, and now I won't play again. Because that was not how I felt about Great Western Trail either. My problem with Great Western Trail, honestly, I would start a game of Great Western Trail again with you guys tomorrow, because... After that podcast where I complained about it, you showed me the board and was like, oh, these were the points you're missing. This is why you're losing to us so badly. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. You have <laughs> and maybe I'll still lose by like, you know, but instead of losing by like 100 points, I'll lose by like, you know, 30. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, you have like a three, maybe four game limit of losses in a row before you're like, okay, I don't like this game anymore. But you definitely give it a chance. I don't know if... I, I don't know, because I, since I've been playing on BGA, I lose a lot. I just want to feel like I'm in it. Yeah. And then again, I can and you're having fun come doing in it. second or third out of, you know, if, if there's like three to five players and I'm coming in second, third a lot, it doesn't bother me. I don't need to win all the time. I just need to feel like I'm not always the last player. I don't want to feel like I don't, I'm the one who doesn't understand. I don't get it. Yeah. And I have enough experience now that I, I feel like I don't get as upset as I used to. And I still, you know, I have a podcast and I have to 
be passionate about things. <laughs> so maybe I come across as more salty than I am in real life. But um, um, you come across I, exactly I the it. right amount of salty. I, I, I yeah. If you say so, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want people to be afraid to play with me just because I'm going to passionately discuss my place in the yeah. game later <laughs> well because it's not personal to me ever yeah. and it, really, I, it doesn't bother me yeah and it's really like about to. who you're playing with anyway like if you're having fun like you know the three of us playing and you coming in three to 21 i i was right in the middle like i'm literally oh i guess i'm not exact average but i'm pretty darn close i'm two points off from being the average of you two <laughs> it was just a crazy crazy score spread and i think you're close like you're literally closer to sydney so you like know more of what's going on a little bit behind the scenes so like maybe you saw this coming more than i did because i was blindsided by that's the end of the game so she told me she's like she came out she's like i'm so sorry i drew exactly what i needed i'm gonna end the game this round and i wish she hadn't told me that because it put me on tilt like i still did everything i planned on doing but i'm like is there any any reason for me to do any of this stuff anymore i know i'm just gonna lose but in person she would have probably said the same thing, and then we would have both been like, ah, I, I mean, is there even a reason to keep playing if you're going to end the game? But, but I'm glad she we didn't played say it that out. to me. So I didn't know she was going to end the game. So I didn't play like she was ending the game that round. So you did. No, I played. And I think I still you got did, more points for that reason. I still did exactly what I was going to do because I had a six point card that gave me two residual income, and I was going to play that regardless. So that i i didn't change anything because i'm like well what's the point of changing anything maybe she's bluffing and i just need to set up my game like i was going to play another round anyway so that's what i ended up doing i think what i did was i made a sparkling wine and i could have made two lower value wines and filled those orders instead of planning for the future for my higher value order yeah you would have still lost i would have still lost but i could have had like 10 points instead of three now let's now watch but this it segue didn't matter what if <laughs> it wasn't lost. about winning or losing what if at the beginning of the game you got to bet on who was going to win <laughs> Ooh, you? you know and then at the end of each round you got to pick someone else well you got to pick you get to pick again it's like okay i'm gonna double down on sydney or i'm betting on myself right now and then depending the bets themselves is the actual winner of the game. And it has nothing to do with the score of the game itself. Mm, I don't like if it has nothing to do with the score itself. Well, it does. I mean, I obviously, like you're, betting, to you're betting on where yeah. those scores could fall down. Interesting, I right? would feel disloyal if I didn't bet on myself. I don't know. Well, so, <laughs> Even if I know it's a bad bet. Yeah, I don't so know. <laughs> that's what we're talking about today is bets in games. And there are four games that we're going to use as an example. So for our listeners... We are going to quickly cover those four games to kind of um, set a you know a conversation precedent. Kitty, I'm going to let you explain the first one. Any, well, any of the ones you want, whatever one you're most comfortable explaining as to how they work. Um, oh, I don't know if are you I'm qualified with any to. Of these? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with Downforce right. because you made me watch the video, and I feel at least confident in the betting aspect of this game. So it is a racing game, and throughout the race, there are these yellow lines that the cars will cross. And each time the cars cross the yellow line, you are able to bet on who you think is going to be the winner 
So you get, I believe it's three chances throughout the race to place a bet. And at the end of the game, your score is both, it, it's how much you spent at auction is like negative, plus how much you won in your bets is positive, plus how much you won from the actual racing. And those are all accumulated up into your final score. Yep. And the majority of your points are coming from those bets. And they don't have to be on your own mm-hmm. car, right? If your car wins, yeah. great. Um, and that's why the auction is subtracted because you can buy more than one car depending on the number of players, but you lose that money because you spent it buying cars. So when you're playing it, it's fun because like, okay, I'm the blue car, you're the red car. And in a traditional racing game, I would want to get my car across the finish line first. In this game, all six cars are always on the board and on your turn, you could move any of them. And you may set yourself up to be like, okay, I know I'm not going to win, so I'm not going to bet on me. I'm going to bet on Kitty, knowing that she's going to go all out. But if I can get the green car in front and maybe make her bet on the green car, and then I know I'm going to sabotage the green car. But then I don't know what cards you have because everybody has you know different cards that can move cards different ways. The mm-hmm. whole game is set up around those three betting lines. And mm-hmm. that is... That's Downforce. Downforce, it's a very good, simple, easy game to get into. And anyone can win because all you have to do is know who's going to win. You don't have to be the winner yourself. So that's one kind of betting game. Um, Have you ever played Wits and Wagers? Nope. All right. So Wits and Wagers is one of the very few trivia games that I am willing to play. I still hate trivia. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Wits and Wagers. Because it's not a trivia game. Um, it is, but it's a betting game. Barely. <laughs> so Downforce is to racing games as Witch and Wagers is to trivia games. This is the Trivial Pursuit. It's not Fair. about knowing the answer. It's about knowing who knows the answer or who is closest. Mm-hmm. So the way Wits and Wagers works is I ask you a question. Um, how many stoplights are in Chicago? And that's the type of question. Nobody knows this exact answer. Um, I mean, there is an answer on the card, but in general, it's not one of those questions that someone's just like, oh, yeah, I know exactly how many that is. So Kitty may guess, you know, 10,000, and I may guess 7,000, and Sydney guesses, you know, 15,000. So we have a, a spread there, 7, 10, and 15. 10's in the middle, so it's worth the less, least amount of points, and 7 and 15 are on the outside, so they're worth a little bit more. And you can actually go, I think you can have up to eight people playing. Um and so now you're what you're doing is all those answers go up on a board and you're going to bet some of your chips on each answer or on an answer. Um, I, I actually spread them out round I, too, I believe. Um, maybe you can only bet on one. I think you can only bet on one. No, you can, you can, can spread out your chips. Can you spread them around? Okay. So you can spread out your chips. Yeah. And you're, and you're mm-hmm. basically trying to get a return on that, right? So two to one, five to one, 10 to one, depending on how many players you can get, um, you know, some long odds in there. And as long as you are good at determining the odds, then you're great. So say I said 1,000 and Kitty said 10,000 and um, Sydney said 12,000. Well, that 1 to 10,000 range is a much better odds to bet on than the 10 to 12,000 range because, you know, that's just the ranges, right? Um, or maybe I just think it's over 12,000 and I'm going to do that. So that's where the game really shines is in trying to play those odds and and see the answers and then when you actually see the results okay whatever 
you know, and if you had the right answer, the one answer that was closest, you also get bonus points, but nothing compared to how many points you get for betting. Well, you don't get bonus points. You get more chips right, you, yeah, you that get you get to chips. bet. Yeah. So you, you get more, you can spread out your, your chances more or double down if you feel like you're right. Yeah. So there is a little bit of, it, even if you're just good at guessing, you're going to have a little bit of an advantage or if you have a little bit more basis of knowledge. I liked, um, I watched the video you sent me. So they were playing, um, how much does Wonder Woman weigh? <laughs> and like <laughs> the 12 year old boy obviously had no idea what an adult woman should weigh. <laughs> but you know, hey. Yeah. It's a fun it's game. It's fun. It's, a, it's, it's great. <laughs> and the betting turns it into a very casual game. Like, so Downforce and Wits and Majors are both what I would consider very casual games. Um, Michael says, but she is an Amazon, so that could skew the weight a bit. You know, she looks like apparently it doesn't very much. <laughs> it That's doesn't fair. as much as you think it should, maybe. Um. All right. So our next, you one, can Google this answer. I don't remember it anymore. I'm not gonna. Yeah, actually, if you like Rodney Smith, so watch it played. Watch the Witch and w- Wits and Wagers one because that video is about as retro as it gets. Both of his kids are in the video. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um. It had to be like a year one video. It was. It was fantastic. It was an old one. So the other one, um, is Texas Hold'em, and I eat poker, but I'm gonna use Texas Hold'em because I think that's one of the more common that you would watch this game. It also has a little bit more complex of a betting structure. Yes. Than some other pokers. Yep. And there are multiple different ways that the betting structure can work on this, but like most poker mm-hmm. games, and you know, we should do an episode on poker someday. Um, I just figure we're just going to keep saying it. Fletcher until better be there 500. for that. <laughs> episode 400 <laughs> is poker. I've already said it. So two more years and you get a poker. Episode. I think I'm going to be on an airplane that day. <laughs> This is the previous episode to understand. Um, <laughs> so Texas Hold'em is a poker game. You're you know trying to score the highest poker hand. And the way the game works is you're dealt two cards face down. Everyone is dealt two cards face down. You look at your cards, and then you can place a bet. Um, actually, sorry, back up. First of all, there is a betting, an ante portion of it. Two people mm-hmm. have to put in an ante. One person's going to put in um, a lower ante, we'll say $2, and the next person, or two M&Ms, and the next person's going to double that, four M&Ms. So this is like a two-four um, bet. Now, no one else has to put in M&Ms for that first round, but you get your two cards, and you get to decide whether or not you want to stay in the hand or not. If you do, then you have to match the highest bet so far, which is four M&Ms. So I, I look at my cards. Yep, I like it. I'm going to throw in four M&Ms. Kitty's the one who bet two M&Ms. So when she looks at her cards, she only has to put two M&Ms in to stay in the hand. And then the last person who bet four M&Ms, they get to look at their cards and say, yes, I want in. In that pace, case, we all called the initial antes. At any point, though, someone can be like, oh, I have a really good hand. So I see your four M&Ms, and I'm going to put eight M&Ms. Typically, you want to, you're, you're doubling. There's different betting rules depending on the style, but, you know, say I put eight M&Ms. Now, if Kitty wants to stay in, even though she's two M&Ms in, she needs six more M&Ms I to have stay to put in. put in six more M&Ms. Yep. And the original person would have to put four M&Ms to call, but any of us could raise. And that is like before any cards have been turned faced up. These are just the cards that we're looking at face down. 
Then three cards are revealed all at the same time. We go through another round of betting. Another card is revealed. We go through another round of betting. Another card is revealed. We go through another round of betting. And then the final winner is the person who has the highest five-card hand using the two cards in their hand with the five cards on the table in any combination, but you can only use five of those cards. Oftentimes in this game, you never actually get to the end of the hand, at least in like when you're, you know, for the pro level players, you're trying to get people to drop out before you have to see the end of it. You know, before the even the first three cards get turned up, you could have everybody folding because I'm like, oh, I'm going to go eight M&Ms and everyone's looking at their cards like, oh, I have crap. And then everyone folds and then you take your eight M&Ms plus the four and the two that were originally in there. And that is poker in a nutshell. Just get people to give me money without actually ever seeing the results of the game, if possible. Because if you don't see the results of the game, then you can't really lose, right? You're just trying to bluff people out. Um, did I summarize that all right, Eminem? Hold them. I think so. <laughs> have you ever played Texas Hold'em? I don't care enough. We, <laughs> I have played Texas Hold'em, yeah. yeah. I, I really like it. I just get bored with poker, I think. And about an hour in, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to give you guys all my money so that I'm I can all stop in yep. on this bad hand because I'm bored. Yep. Yeah, I feel that. Hey, I have a two, three off suit. This could go someplace. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> but then sometimes you are so intimidating because you really don't care that everyone's like, oh, and then you accidentally win a bunch of M&Ms and you're like, I didn't need this many M&Ms. <laughs> now I have to keep playing. Yep. Now, yeah. the good players. So you can you can be that wild card. Um, no pun intended, but I'm happy with the pun. Um, <laughs> where, you know, you're just you're unpredictable. You're not following any kind of strategy or anything like that. And pro players will tell you, it's like, oh, yeah, I love playing with those types of people because they'll do off the hall wall things and they'll win sometimes, but usually they're going to lose. So mm-hmm. your then your strategy there is, okay, this person's going crazy, going all in. I'll just let them. I'm just, I'm going to sit out of this one and they get a lot of money and eventually they're going to try to go all in and I'm going to have the cards I need. So then I call and then I take all their money, Right. And that's that betting strategy. Um, Christopher says with M&Ms, you can eat them uh, without doing nothing. But no, no, no. When you're playing M&M poker, you're not allowed to eat the M&Ms until the end of the session. Because otherwise, what happens is um, you get a tummy ache. You can eat Skittles, though. (sighs) We always had, like, a bag of M&Ms that we would give everyone, like, this is your betting M&Ms. And then, like put the rest in a bowl to the side because we would just eat those. And then you had to be very careful to watch that nobody was shuffling M&Ms. See, I think but I would usually like... the ones to be eaten were eaten very quickly. And then people started just eating their betting M&Ms and then we were all poor. Yeah, yep. That's how that works. And that's Vegas. Yeah, that is, that's Vegas. That's nice time our West <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, and the last game I want to talk about and sort of the inspiration for this episode is Marvel Snap. Um, because... Which is barely a betting game. Oh, no, no, but That's the thing. I'll give it to you. It's only a betting game. And this is... And the more I get into it... And so you've played... You've played at least a few days worth of Marvel Snap. Uh-huh. And the more I get into it, the more I realize that this is not a competitive card game. So if, if you're unfamiliar with what Marvel Snap is, um, get out from underneath your rock. It's an app. Download it <laughs> on your phone. 
and play a few games. It's completely free to play, and you literally never have to spend any money on this, and you could still, you know... Except you can. You can. You, you certainly, can spend lots of money on it if you want if to. If you want to, you can. But you don't have to. <laughs> Um, money basically speeds up how quickly you get cards, and getting ca- getting more cards has you, you competing get against fancy exclusive cards. <laughs> yeah, those are variants; they're not really power wise. But listen to the Marvel Snap ah. video. Well, actually, that's you're tr- you're right. You're right. If you have the season pass, you get access to higher power cards way earlier than you would without paying for. Yep. Um, so the question is, you know, that kind of came up is is this a pay to win game? And the more I get into this game, and I will say we've been following my collection level for a while now, so I'm just going to let you know what it is as of right now. It's 1,974. So I've been playing a lot of Marvel Snap. And I play it because I love the gameplay. There's, It's just, it's compelling to me. I love the speed of it. And being able to like make different decks because the decks are only 12 cards and tweak things and you know all of that stuff is just it's really really fun for me but if you want to be good at climbing the ladder the season ladder which ranges from levels 1 to 100 when you get to 100 it's called hitting infinite you are playing a betting game if you don't care about that then you are right the betting game is non-existent but in order to climb that ladder you have to understand how your deck functions and how the opponent, what the opponent is trying to do, and whether or not you are going to win or lose. It matters not as much that you win or lose, only that you know if you're going to and what those odds are. Because the way the betting works in Marvel Snap is everyone is puts one cube on the line. At any point during the game, you can double the number of cubes that are currently on the line. You can do that once. So if I, I put in one cube, I can snap, and now I have two cubes. My ac- opponent can then choose to retreat. And that's actually something that I didn't mention for Hold'em. Um, Downforce and Wits and Wagers, you don't have any um, ability to like retreat from the game. Texas Hold'em, any poker game really, and Marvel Snap, you have this idea of folding or retreating. So if I snap, I say two cubes, my opponent can choose at that point to, to leave the game. It's like, nope, I'm not, I'll lose one by one cube, but I think you got me, so I'm going to be out of here. Or they can snap, or, or they can uh, accept, and now we're both in for two cubes. Now, they can also snap at a later point, or at that point, and be in for four cubes each. So now we're in for four cubes each, and going to the end, one of us is going to lose or gain eight cubes. But at any time during the game, we can retreat, and you only lose those four cubes if you don't actually see the game end. So if you want to climb the ladder, which costs you 10 cubes per level, you need to win more cubes than you lose. You do not need to win more games than you lose. In fact, you can lose seven games as long as that eighth game that you win gives you eight cubes and the other seven only lost you one cube each. So... That aspect of the game is super interesting because you can do these like crazy meme decks where if I get the exact right cards, I have an unbeatable hand, but that only happens, you know, 10% of the time. But they're still fun to play because when you hit that 10%, maybe you're going to get eight cubes off of it. Or you can play a deck that looks really, really strong and you come out and you're like dominating the entire game and you and you snap and your opponent says, I'm not going to stay in this. Like, I'm, I'm leaving. So you win one cube every single time you play, but you have the best deck ever. you don't ever. have any five or six power cards right. secretly but, in there. You're you, not actually 
<laughs> going to be able to finish the game. Well, well, even if you have like the best deck on the planet, it just always wins. It doesn't mean you're going to be able to climb the ladder with it because people aren't going to stay in the game with you. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, no, your deck is way better than mine, so I'm just going to leave. And I lose one point. You have to point. look like you're going to lose. Exactly. <laughs> so that's how you win in Marvel Snap, at least getting cubes, is make it look like you can't win and then win. And that last turn is the one where it's like, okay, I got you. And then you look up and you're like, ah, oh, but I forgot to snap. Oh, well, I still win two cubes. Um, <laughs> so that these are wagering games and all yeah i never remembered to snap well when you're playing early on even when i knew i was gonna win yeah well early (laughs) on that was never really a thing when i first started playing it's like snapping like well what does it matter like i'm not going to get to level 100 anyway so if i don't care about climbing the ladder i don't care about the betting aspect of the game but once you get further into it you're like oh this game is really all about the betting aspect of that game. And when Fred Mode comes out later this month, um, or Fred Battle Mode or whatever, that is the goal, right? First to 10 cubes wins. So that's, you know, the betting aspect of the game is built in to the versus match. And I find it fascinating because what this does is it takes this card game and any other competitive card game, your goal is to win. In this game, mm-hmm. your goal is much more like poker where it's not to win, it's to win big and lose little. Yeah, you're not playing the short game, you're playing the long game. You don't care about any one given hand, you care about the game. How do you feel about games like that? Now, we talked about four of them. <sighs> um, I don't know. I don't I don't love them. I don't either. I am not I am not a patient person. <laughs> <laughs> and these games require patience, uh, which I do not have. So um and that's that's not exactly true. I can be very patient when I have to be. Um but it's not how I choose to spend my recreation time. So I think these games I so in general I I don't I tend to shy away from these games not because of the patience issue, but because I find and this is a completely incorrect find. I'm 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 going to say it and then I'll backpedal a little bit. I find them beneath me (laughs) and by that i was like like, it's not about winning or losing it's about the betting and i'm not real crazy about betting and Mm -hmm. i'm really not good at betting so that's why i i want to put it beneath me because i'm like whatever it's just a luck fest you're just trying to you know roll dice what's the likelihood that you roll a particular number it's not the case um if anyone who plays poker knows that if you are good at playing poker you're not gambling and it it sounds cliche um it's like no i play poker i'm not gambling but the people who are really good at it really are good at it and Mm -hmm. they can make money off of it on a regular basis yes there it's not just you know intimidate you know get the right cards whatever it is it's knowing the cards knowing the odds knowing what your opponent likely has you know being able to to track all that information really gives you a leg up and can make knowing when to bet and when not to much easier for you. Yeah. And and for all you kids out there, it is gambling. Poker is always gambling because no matter how good you are, someone else out there is better than you and they will take all your money. Um, and no matter how good you are, there is an element of luck. Exactly. Yep. You're playing the odds. It doesn't mean the odds aren't going to fall against you. 
You can mm-hmm. go to you can go to Vegas, you know, put a hundred dollars on you know black and double your money. Let it ride. Double your money again. Let it ride. Double your money again. What happens if you keep letting it ride? You lose all your money. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to happen every single time. So it's there is obviously a luck as element to that. And all of these games, there is a luck element to it. Um, Wits and Wagers is probably the least luck of these because you can actually apply some knowledge and like, you know, if I know how many traffic lights are in Chicago and I'm pretty confident, I can use that knowledge to kind of put myself in the right spot. Um, I'd say Texas Hold'em is probably the second least random um, if you know everything that's going on. And then Downforce and Marvel Snap are kind of the same, right? We know there are ways that the players can influence the game and we can both influence the game and therefore, the the play of the game is as important as the betting on the game in many cases. But there's still luck. I still need to draw the right cards. Whether that be for Downforce or Marvel Snap, I need to draw the right cards. Um, Texas Hold'em, the same mm-hmm. thing. Uh, with Texas Hold'em, though, again, you're trying to get people to fold before you ever go to the end. Um, so if you have to go to the end, you really want the right card. But you, you just really don't want to go to the end. You just want to be the only person left in the game, and then you take all the money. I, I... <sighs> I don't know. I'm building a respect for it because I have to, because I like Marvel Snap so <laughs> much. Because you're addicted to Marvel Snap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't stop. Well, so you're telling yourself it's okay. Well, I find it interesting, right? Because it's just cubes. It's just, they're just they're just little internet cubes. Just little internet cubes. And really, what are you doing, right? I'm you know trying to get to level 100 so it can reset at the beginning of next month, and then I make the climb again. <laughs> Only spending ten dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> But, for these little internet cubes. <laughs> and, and I've said this many, many times. For a game that I play as often as I do with this, $10 a month is nothing. The amount of times I've bad. spent like several hundred dollars on a Kickstarter and not even gotten it out of the box is embarrassing. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. if I can just take that, it's like, that's, you know, two, three years of season passes on Marvel Snap that I'm playing like an hour or two a day. More sometimes. Um, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it's That's worth $10 a month. And I have zero regrets. For, for spending that $10. And I like playing with the new cards. Now, I am getting to a point where... And, and so the way that it works to kind of keep it level. So if you were to play Marvel Snap um, start today, you would not face me ever, randomly, um, in the first few weeks. Because my collection level is past a certain point. And the way they do matchmaking is based on your collection level. So those are that are in collection level one or series one, you're playing only people who have the same cards with you. You're playing other Series 1 cards. Then Series 2. Then Series 3, which is where the game really opens up. And now you start getting beat down quite a bit. On Series 1, you're playing bots most of the time. You're probably going to win 80 to 90% of the time. But it gets interesting. I mean, it was fun at at Series 1. But it gets interesting at Series 3 when you start playing against people who are actively trying to build killer decks. Um... And so that's that's where I'm at right now. And I find it compelling and fun. But when my card collection is complete, I don't know how much I will still be compelled to play. Uh, fortunately, or unfortunately, depending on what side of you are, it's impossible to complete your collection on Marvel Snap. Uh, just the way that the cards come out, you, it's, you can't have everything. Um, but the cards you have will be a little different than someone else's. And you'll be able to make different decks than someone else's. And you'll get to try them out and see how they play. And... I am trying to get really good at the betting game. And the more I try to get good at it, the worse I do. 
Because you should just play the card game. I should. I Well, I'm playing the card game. And when you're feeling good about playing the card game, you snap. And that's it. Don't think beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. But then they snap. And then that emotion that... So in any of these betting games, all right, I'm going to bet, you know, and hold them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all in. How hard is it to be on the other side of that and being like, well, I don't have a great hand, but man, I can't just let them take this away. Yeah, I'm all in. I'm calling, right? That's the problem. That's a terrible idea. I, it's an emotional game. Betting games are emotional. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's why I don't like them. Ooh. I don't like feeling things. <laughs> that's... They- they have the ability to make me angry, and I don't like that. They provoke intentionally often, especially in poker. Players will intentionally try to mess with your emotions. Um, I don't know. I just it's not it's not my scene. Yeah, I'll play Witch and the Wagers. I'd play Downforce, but um, and I like Downforce because it's not as like, I feel like you have a little bit more personal control over what's going on than some of these other games where, like, you're betting what you're seeing. You're not betting the other person. I like, like, think Texas Hold'em, Marvel Snap, you are not betting your cards. You are betting based on the person sitting across from you. Uh, you might be bet- you're betting a combination of both because I'm betting like if I have the cards I need to hit what I'm trying to do with my deck, that's when I'm considering betting. But I also have to hope that the person across from me doesn't have the cards they need. And sometimes I can tell like if they do an early snap, I'm like, okay, they have what they want, but are they bluffing? And I don't. It's hard to tell in Marvel Snap if there's a lot of bluffing because you never see. There's no show your hand at the mm-hmm. end. Um, yeah. I just have no idea. But um. Terrence, Terrence asked, like, what about all the Kickstarter and Legos that I'm not buying because I'm playing Marvel Snap? Fortunately, my amount of money I spend on Marvel Snap doesn't even come close to the Kickstarter <laughs> Lego budget. So um, I'm still good there. Oh, speaking of, I got an Atari for uh, the Lego Atari, and I put that together. It is such a cool little thing. If you are even remotely interested in Legos and have a... A nostalgic bone for the Atari 2600, check out that set. It is very, very cool. Um, then Michael says that I should play the goal of the game because if I play emotionally, this is why I'm going to lose. And Michael, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, Terrence mentions the most expensive hand is poker is the second best. That is true. It's like, I can do it, but I don't have it. Uh, yeah, it's easy to fold when you have garbage. Yeah, yep. Except for me, because I'm like, I just want to be in it. I'm like, why am I playing poker if I'm not actually no. in the game? And I realize it's like, well, that's not the game. The game is to watch other people lose and then take all their money when you have what you have. But you got to stay in every once in a while. Otherwise, people know. And that's that's the other aspect of betting, right? Is if you are always sitting out and you only go in when you have a strong hand, then everyone knows. It's like, oh, Chris has a strong hand. Okay, yeah, I fold here. Have your six M&Ms. We're good. And I'm like, Ugh. But I had a pair of kings. I'm like, yeah, but you only ever go in when you have a pair of kings. So why are we ever going to, you know, call you on that? So you still have to go in every once in a while just so people are don't read you. They can't call your bluff as well. Um, I think Marvel Snap does away with that because you can't actually see your opponent and you don't know the personalities of any of them. But yeah, John says you have to keep them honest. Um, Downforce and Wits and Wagers, I think those games are both or those styles of games are fun because nothing's really on the line, right? Yeah. With Texas Hold'em, 
oftentimes there's M&Ms on the line and you want as many M&Ms as you can and you don't want to lose your M&Ms. Marvel Snap, I want to climb that ladder and it's a long-term thing. It's an all-month-long effort. With Downforce, it's one game. We're playing for about a half hour, Mm -hmm. 45 minutes tops and, you know, let's see who wins. Great. Uh, Wits and Wagers, same thing. It's a party game. It's, okay, I want to play trivia. I don't. Well, what about Wits and Wagers? Okay, fine. We can compromise on that. This is why I think you would love Wits and Wagers, by the way. I can't believe you've never played this. You know they can't hear, see you shrug. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know enough people who will actually play trivia with me that I don't need to compromise. So, Well, I think we have some birthdays coming up. And this might be a game that's sort of fun for... Because this can be a family game. And the kids can actually get involved, too. Like, they can literally be the ones that do the answers. <laughs> And then you're betting on the answers from the kids. Like, that would be kind of fun. Mm. Um, a four-year-old and a five-year-old, what are they going to come up with? Ooh, Courtney mentions <laughs> that there's a family version. Uh, ooh, I should probably pick that up. That'll be fun. We are we are currently planning a trip to the Wisconsin Dells for, uh, well, for my kid's fourth birthday. Player three has his own party going on with kids from school, but not the high schoolers. <laughs> and, no. <laughs> ends at middle school. Um, but he's turning... Is he turning five already? He's turning five. You should play with How wild is that? Party. I know. <laughs> he's still younger than His the podcast. His classmates are more into pinatas. I am really pulling against having a pinata at this party because I hate them. But <laughs> um, yeah. But they're filled with candy. That's just me. I have to come up with something to entertain a dozen or so, five, four and five-year-olds, but... When do you think yeah. is the right age to teach? And this is why the title of this of this t- episode is Wagering in Games, not Bets. Because I think there's a different connotation to bets versus wagers. I don't know why. They're basically the same thing. Um, but when is it the right time to teach kids how to wager correctly? Is that something that's like a teenager thing? Um, I feel like I was about like... 10 or so. Mike says 10 too. I, and Terrence we mentions played, playing penny-ante poker with the family as a kid. I remember that doing that too. We played um, popsicle stick poker. We had different colors of popsicle sticks that we used for different amounts. Have you ever played war with betting? Nope. Do you think... Why would you? There's well, because nothing. But that, that's the point though. It makes it a game, right? So... No. <laughs> I'm, just hear me out right now. So for those who don't, who've never played the get card game War, you split the deck in two. It's not a game. It's not a game. <laughs> it's, it's just a thing that you go through. You split the deck in two and you flip up a card. And, you and both one flip up person a card. has already won and one person has already <laughs> yes, lost. You just don't know who. You just don't know who. But you flip up that card and the highest card takes both cards. If it's the same, then you do a little war thing, and then you're going to take more cards if you win. If before every flip, you were able to bet on something, and there is, yeah, Mike does agree, there is war in played in Vegas. There is a Vegas style where you're betting. And if you were to bet every time, you could have a good idea as to who could win and who might not. And I don't know, the, the rules would have to be, I would have to see the Vegas rules on this. I, I just feel like it would take so long. It takes it already takes so, so long, long yeah. to play war. Ooh, like, this is what you do. Why? You only bet when there's an actual war. So when you tie, then you both bet on who's going to win based on 
for no. that. So then it's you kind of narrowed. You still have to play in. war. I just don't wanna. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make me. I don't wanna. <laughs> I was so if Fletcher not been here, I was going to tell you guys to both bring three six sided dice. And the game I wanted you to play was who rolled highest. And the idea is you can bet and say, okay, you know, Kitty, are you going to roll higher than Fletcher or whatever? And you say, yes, I'll bet this. You roll those three dice. Whoever rolls highest wins. That is not an interesting game. That's that's war. But now nope. here's here's the actual game with rolling three dice. You roll the first die and then you bet. So I roll a six. You roll a two. Who's going to win? Well, I will bet, you know, two M&Ms that I'm going to win. And you're like, well, I'm only four behind. I can I can do two M&Ms. I'm still in. Then we roll again, and you roll a six, and I roll a one. It's like, oh, now you're pulling ahead. And I'm like, I'm not going to bet. And you're like, no, 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 I'm going to bet three. And then it comes down to that last die. Like, that there, that there, does sound like an, kind of an interesting betting game, where each die adds to the last one. There's no skill involved whatsoever besides just the pure... Force of will and betting. Can you knock me out before that last die where I'm like, okay, no, I'm I'm going to fold. Because imagine that you're up by four and, well, up by four would be a lot. But say you're up by four and you just bet anything. And I'm like, well, I'm going to lose. So I'm going to say no. But maybe you're up by four and I'm like, I'm going to go 20 M&Ms. And you're like, well, I'm likely going to win, but there's a chance that I lose so is it worth those 20 M&Ms? And then if you fold, suddenly I get to win. And I love that idea of that bluffing, pressure, luck, betting And that's why I don't thing. like these games is because it took something that's not an activity and made it stressful. And I don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> oh, this thing that doesn't matter. Let's make it matter and put a lot of um, anxiety attached to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I've. I've never been a a wagering, betting, gambling kind of person. I'm far too boring um, and probably know myself that I'm too emotionally invested in things to, to go down that path. So, yeah, I just I I don't see the appeal in it. It makes me feel yucky. There are games which can incorporate it that don't bother me as much, but they're not games that I'm drawn to. Yeah, again, I'm I agree with you. I don't, I mean, I like poker, but I don't like the betting aspect of it. Downforce, I have never won a game, ever. Like, I am terrible. They're, they have it on BGA. We can play it on TGTCon, too. Um, but I've never won. The only game that I have ever enjoyed a betting aspect, wagering aspect, is <laughs> on my iPod Classic, there was a Vegas-style solitaire where you earned money playing solitaire and it was all what you did and basically how quickly could you solve the the solitaire did you have to put a wager up at the start of the game um i think there it was like a table cost so you put in like five dollars or something oh mike says no i don't remember this very much (laughs) my ipod classic i believe still exists at my parents house it's being used as a white noise machine in their spare bedroom for when babies nap there so i can go check it out i probably have a bunch of fake dollars in there that apple owes me for playing so much of this when i was in college well i'm wondering if it's a betting thing or if it's just almost more like a points thing it's more like a points thing yeah I think it was like a a table buy-in. You had to have like 
$5, air quotes, there was no real money involved. This is all just fake. Um, And you had to, like, pay to sit down at the table, basically. And then you would play the solitaire, and if you took too long, made too many moves, you started losing money, and you could end up negative, and then... But if you played quickly enough, you you earned money in some way. That's all I remember. Interesting. That's the only thing I liked. I mean, it, it was solitaire, and it was basically just points. But they put a dollar sign in front of it, so you got to feel like, haha! If I were really playing this game, I would be a millionaire. So Terrence's um, one makes sense. So basically, you it's a fifty dollar buy in, and you get five dollars back each time you score a card. And that way, the further you go, the more you'll make. But it's still a wager because if you don't hit the at least 10 cards, you're going to lose money. Yeah. I can see that. I like that. I think um, I like Yeah, and playing... instead of turning three cards, you turn one card. Right. So you, but you only really only get to go through your deck one time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's almost predictable in its odds, which is why it can be a casino game. I like a lot of like casino games though. Like I'll play crap. I mean, I've gone through phases of blackjack and craps on my phone where I'm not spending real money, but you're still getting points, right? You're still wagering these points. And it's a solo experience, which takes the pressure off. The same thing with the solitaire thing. It's like when you're betting and you're not betting against someone, you're just kind of betting against the house. It feels different. It's still fun though, Mm -hmm. because like, you know, if I'm playing craps, you know, and I'm racking in the points, that feels awesome. And if I suddenly lose everything, it's like, oh, whatever, I'll just start over. Because it's just playing a solo game. And eventually, all solo games, you, you know, well, at least in Vegas, you're going to lose. Don't don't gamble, kids. It's just not good. <laughs> it's, it's a bad idea. Yeah. That's our PSA for this one. Just don't PSA gamble. for this one, don't gamble. Um, if you go to Vegas... Go play at a casino for low stakes and divide the number of free drinks they bring you by how much money you lost. And that's how much you paid per drink. And you can decide if that was a good value or not. Yeah. And penny slots um, are not And if you have a gambling pro- problem, we should probably link to <laughs> that hotline in the show notes here, Chris, because it is a serious problem and lots of people struggle with it. And we are not making light of it in any way. No. No. In fact, I am 100% saying, if you want to gamble, play Marvel Snap. Don't spend money on it. Because yeah, play Marvel, S- Marvel Snap. <laughs> don't spend money, but you get to feel all the wagering and all of that still there. Um, if you really enjoy that stress. If you like that stress. There are ways to find do. it where you don't spend real money, yeah. but I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Don't put real money in on the line. Although I will say, and I don't know what it is, I heard... That the Mega Millions is back up to a billion dollars or something like that. Every once in a while, I will drop like five bucks on that because the return there is, you know, it's worth five dollars to just feel like I could win for a few hours. But uh, in general, don't gamble. It's not worth it. You and my mom. You guys have fun with that. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun to imagine what could happen. As long as you have the five dollars to spare. It's not not a bad way to spend it on a daydream. Exactly. But you should have the $5 to spare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's enough. Maybe I'll make you and Fletcher play the roll three dice game next week. And No, thank you. <laughs> You're just salty about losing in Viticulture. I'd rather play Great Western Trail again. In fact, I signed up to play a Great Western Trail at TGTCon 2. Ooh, I need to sign up for some of those because I, I made a bunch of them, but I haven't actually signed up for any of them. 
Yeah, you have to get yourself in some games. I definitely need to get myself in some games. That is for sure. All right, and I will do I that. I need to make some more games because you didn't pick good enough ones. I, I <laughs> literally said, okay, I need to seed it with something. But I really, really, really want the listeners to make games. And you and, and Fletcher, I don't want to be the only person making games because I have a very particular style. It includes a lot of the more popular stuff and not the light and casual stuff, which I know there's a lot of demand for that stuff, too. Um, and there's a bunch of games that I've never even heard of, and I would definitely not click on those. But if I played them, it'd be great. So, listeners... Make TGTCon huge and exciting and add some games. If there's something that you don't see on that you want to play, just add it and it'll be fun. Um, I need to make sure that I need to double check that it auto approves them because I think there might be a chance I need to go in and approve anything. Um, and if that's the case, then I need to approve things so that you people can actually play. All right, Kitty, take us out. And you're reading for all now, of this. I might be the only one signed up for any games currently (laughs) all right everyone step up (laughs) all right tabletop game talk is a proud member of the dice tower network you can be part of our live recordings monday nights at 8 30 central join our discord to continue the conversation it is also where you can join us and other listeners in a constant stream of online games on board game arena sydney's there too now The show notes have all the links you need, and you can always go to tabletopgametalk.com for more information and to search our growing archive of episodes. (sighs) (laughs) Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finlay, Listener Doug, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, Joe Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Raymer, Nicholas Lotz, Mother Van Keefe, Leanne Verhulst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yassi, Tolkien Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney, Fa- Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan C, Darren McClellan, David Gardner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Selander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Huang, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Whitman, and Michael27. <laughs> that was very good, minus the sigh at the beginning to our wonderful patrons. But thank you anyway, wonderful you patrons. You trick-typed my <laughs> name in twice in a row. It's unfair, and I was unprepared. Well, thank you for reading all the patron names. Thank you for all of you for being a patron. And if you want to I love our patrons. Patron, I just don't love reading. Our patrons are the best. <laughs> Until next week, <laughs> keep playing games and having fun. All right, so Wisconsin Dells. What do do non mm. do people who don't live in the Midwest know what the Wisconsin Dells are? I have no idea. I do you want to describe what the Wisconsin Dells are? Honestly, a little mad at Spencer because he was. You guys were like, ah, I don't think we're going to do it, and he's like, No, let's do it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's <was> really. <laughs> I was trying to give you, but it'll note. be fun. Yeah, it's um. It's a bunch of hotels with indoor water parks attached to them. Um, There are also outdoor portions of the water parks. It is basically the largest breeding ground for any childhood or adult illness that you can possibly (laughs) think of. Um, 
Yeah. Well, you are in, you are in a great and positive mood tonight. <laughs> I love it. 